everybody, and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and this is the first episode recording in my new home. Do I sound different? Do I sound smarter? Older? Wiser? Weirder? You decide. Comment below. Just kidding, there are no comments. But um, yeah, so we, we moved in. Everything went great. And uh, I'm trying to remember, actually, I think <laughs> I think we did... I think I did record on May the 4th, now that I think of it. So technically, this would be the second uh, podcast. I don't know why I got so excited. But hey, there, there's there got to be reasons to get excited these days. We've got to find even the littlest reasons. So um, even so, I, it's still a bummer, obviously, not to be able to go to the movies. I've been really jonesing to sit down in a crowded theater with a bunch of people. Uh, just kidding. I really hope coming out of this whole pandemic that the theater situation does change as a lot of things have changed uh, a lot of businesses have had to incorporate plans that they had in the works for a while that this whole thing has now sped up their timetable i'm also seeing a lot of news out there though for a lot of people who are taking advantage of this situation and so um there's uh, obviously that's you know that's america that's the world that's what happens when a crisis goes around but it also brings about a lot of interesting conversations of uh you know, you know the global the globalization of it all. Of every country is doing something different. Things are done differently here and there. We should just all be on the same boat, doing the exact same thing. Um, for example, and we're not going to get too political here on this podcast, but just as an interesting thought, everyone has uh, been worried about how they're going to make a mortgage payment or a rent payment, and that seems to be one of the biggest problems that a lot of people are facing today. Uh, just due to lack of work, uh, less hours, getting furloughed. And uh, the government is trying to come up with multiple different ways of, ooh, maybe we can do this. Maybe we can give people a stimulus check. Maybe we can um, put freezes on rent. I know you know the discussions are there, but obviously the solution they came up with was um, issuing a check to everybody. But that check, okay, great, I have my check. I'm paying my check now to my landlord. So that that stimulus money really wasn't for you, was it? It was for your landlord. But why does your landlord need that money from you? Well, they need it because they have to pay mortgage on the place that you're living. All right, well, why do they have to pay mortgage? Because the bank is making them pay mortgage. So you can trace that back for literally anything, for a business, for a home, for someone renting. Uh, it's all ba- all the way up to the bank's sort of situation. So they could have easily just done a, I don't know, three, four-month rent freeze and mortgage freeze where no one has to pay any rent, any mortgage. Well, no. Well, then where's the money going to come from? Well, you just push back all of it four months or five months, whatever the case may be. So your, uh, your mortgage was going to be paid off in June of 2050. Now it's going to be paid off in November of 2050. I don't think anyone would care. Uh, that's my two cents, but I think that would have saved a lot of trouble for a lot of people. People would have been a lot more okay with not going out. Businesses would have been a lot more comfortable not having to worry about um, you know, paying for their location, for their property. Uh, but again, who knows? I, I'm just one person. I'm sure there are a lot of smarter people out there that should be in uh, in office right now or in the, in the government making these decisions. But we have what we have, and we're dealing with it as we are. Uh, and the only good thing that I can see coming out of this is we're going to be going into a brand new world when we uh, when we get done with this virus, if we ever get done with this virus, uh, a world that is hopefully more health conscious, more compassionate, and uh, more 
uh, I don't even know what the word would be, but I guess just realizing that you shouldn't be taking anything for granted, right? Uh, I am just craving going back to the movie theater. I can't believe the last movie that I went and saw was The Hunt back in March. It's been two months. I 100% took movie theaters for granted, even when I went and saw The Hunt, because when I went and saw The Hunt, that was when AMC was doing their only 50% of people can be in theaters at the same time. And I remember giggling at that time, going, okay, well, you know, we'll see how long they, they last doing this before they just go back to doing it. And then it was like, nope, they're just shutting down completely. And I was thinking, oh, why didn't I think of that? I mean, I, I sort of did, right? I sort of did. Everyone kind of sort of did. But then it happened. And now we can't go to the movies. And we can't go sit down in our favorite restaurant or go to our favorite bar. And it sucks. It stinks. But that is the world that we're living in right now. And instead of being upset, and again, nothing wrong with being upset, but take this time to cultivate something new about yourself. Take this time to catch up on those TV shows that you wanted to catch up with. And hey, that may sound silly, but that is what is going to be the thing that you remember the most when you come out of quarantine, whether that's all the shows you watched, all the video games you played, all the movies you saw, all the writing you did, the drawing, the the painting, the uh, building of a new spot in your, your home, or maybe you, you were crafting some wood project, whatever the case may be, whatever artistic thing you decided to do, even if it was, I'm going to start doing more push-ups every day, or I'm going to meditate for five minutes every day whatever it is that should be what you look back on and i think scott derrickson had a tweet about that the other day too that was like when you come out of covid have something that you can say you did during covid it doesn't have to be an amazing thing just something that you know up oh, during quarantine i i decided to start going on walks more and then maybe you can turn this whole thing into a positive situation for yourself uh, but in the meantime we're all going to just be struggling to get by just the same as everybody else and with that like i said i don't have a lot of things to talk about because not only have I watched almost all of the movies that I own, I think I've got like two two left to see, and I think I've seen them already. I do have, we're going to be, it'll get crazy once Halloween comes around, but I, I bought the, uh, it was on sale on Black Friday, which shows you how patient I am, the uh, Blu-ray set of all of the Friday the 13th movies. Uh, which I've never seen. I've seen the first and second Fridays a long time ago when I was young, and I love the 2009 Friday the 13th. Uh, but I, I play the video game quite a bit, and I love that game, so I just I love that whole universe. So I really want to dive into those movies, but I wanted to wait until Halloween. So like I'll have those movies to talk about then. Uh, there's been a lot of great comics that have been coming out as well, uh, but even the comic landscape is going to change greatly. There are comics that I pre-ordered on Midtown Comics uh, months ago, right? Because I pre-ordered them two months in advance. That Marvel is now saying they're going to release digitally first. So do I get a digital code? Or am I going to get a print version? Or are there even going to be print versions? Are they going to refund me the money that I already paid? Uh, there's a lot of questions that are unanswered. But that is kind of an exciting thing, right? I, I mean, as much as we all are obsessed with knowing exactly what's going to happen every single second of the day, uh, I, you know, it was funny. I, I was listening to the Marvel Studios News podcast, uh, and I'm obviously behind on all my podcasts now as well because uh, I don't drive anywhere anymore, so I don't have any time to listen to them. I, I don't have that that great, you know, 20, 30-minute drive to work uh, where I can listen to my favorite podcasts like Marvel Studios News. And uh, But one of the episodes, Sean was talking about Rob Liefeld 
and uh, some comments that he made in regards to Deadpool. Uh, and it was a piece of a quote, which I'm going to butcher because I don't really remember it, but it was something about, you know, oh, Deadpool 1 came out in 2016. Deadpool 2 came out in 2018. Here we are in 2020. No Deadpool. But you know what? Everyone is just getting, you know, everyone is so focused on what's coming next and what the next big thing is and, and blah, 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 blah. But I was listening to the way that he said it and I'm like, he's right though. He Everyone is. Everyone is so obsessed with... Oh, like, for example, and the perfect the perfect example is for the MCU, and I, and again, I get it, but Avengers Endgame, and I guess you could say Spider Man Far From Home as well. Those were the last MCU movies, so not again until Black Widow comes out. But people are still like, oh, okay, all, Black Widow has now been moved back to November. People aren't going, oh, okay, all right, cool, I'm excited for November. No, 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 no. They're going, oh, how is that going to affect the release date of Spider-Man 4? And subsequently, how is that going to affect when the X-Men are introduced into the MCU? And it's like, again, fine, valid questions. These are all things everybody's thinking about, but come on, like, you're you're thinking five years ahead, so uh, again, I totally understand, I get it, and during a time like this, where we're all quarantined at home, it makes total sense, right, to, to imagine and dream about a better future, where we can go see four Marvel movies in one year, or, uh, you know, if we're lucky, if things stay the same, and what was it, I think 2022, there's going to be four or five, four Marvel movies in, like, the span of three or four months, uh, we'll see if that's something that the fans like. I, I know I probably will, especially if the theaters are there. But uh, it's like all that's coming, right? Like it's going to come. We're going to know whether whether Spider-Man 3 comes out in 2021 or 22. Does it really matter right now? Does it really matter right now? I guess it does for our brains and for our psyches. It sort of does to talk about these things and get them out in the universe. But at, at the same time, it, it sort of doesn't. It makes more sense to practice your breathing and focus on the present moment. And and again, I get it. The present moment isn't really great right now. We're, we're struggling with this, this whole coronavirus, this pandemic, all the weird things going on. But that's why I would really encourage you guys to find a really good book or find, even if, write something. And, and I, I saw something about that the other day too. Uh, pretend like everything that you're doing during this coronavirus and I'm making this up, this isn't what I, I saw someone say, but pretend everything during this coronavirus is like practice. Like, write something. I don't care if it's a book or a journal art or an essay, just write something. So, and make it so that it's the thing that you write, nobody is ever going to see. Write it specifically for you. That way you don't have to worry about, ooh, do I have too many grammatical errors in this? Or is this long enough? Is this is this too many pages or not enough pages? It doesn't matter. Just write. Get your emotions out. Uh, write about how you're feeling. Write about a fantasy world. Write about Marvel. Write about whatever you want. Or draw about it. Or think about it. Go outside and take a walk in, in your yard or, or go walk down the street. Whatever the case may be, find things that are going to free your mind. And again, if those things that are freeing your mind are thinking about what's going to happen in the next five years or, or what movie is going to be coming out in five years or how the world's going to look in five years, fine. If, if, if you want that to be what dominates your brain, go for it because we have free will and that's what we want to do. But all I'm suggesting is too much focus on the future can detract you from the present. And I was reading a really, uh, <laughs> I was reading a really interesting Calvin and Hobbes strip. Uh, I found an old uh, this book that I got when I was in uh, elementary school. It was actually back in like I think it was in 2000. It was the it was like a collected edition of Bill Watterson's uh, 
Calvin and Hobbes strips from 1985 to 1995 or something like that. And uh, one of the strips, it's uh, Calvin and Hobbes were, were walking in the woods and they were talking about something, but he kept talking about the future and how, you know, oh, things, it was basically like, why aren't things in the, why aren't things ever changing? A new person comes into the, it's very powerful. Actually, what I'm going to do as a treat is I'm going to pause this right now. I'm going to run upstairs and I'm going to grab that comic strip and read it because uh, I think it's really uh, prescient for right now. I think, I think, I think we would appreciate it. And we're back. Wow, that was quick. So I am pulling this up right now. And by pulling it up, I mean I am scrolling through the pages because it is just the last section. But um, by the way, Calvin and Hobbes, I haven't read this in such a long time. These are so good. And he was such a, Bill Watterson was so creative. And I don't know about him. I don't think he's, I think he's still alive. But here's the strip. So he uh and this is great this is actually a perfect strip to talk about for the coronavirus for things that are going on right now for any of you out there that are struggling with your goals um i don't know and we'll see if it applies i'm just reading this first part but it says he this is all calvin he's just talking to hobbs and hobbs doesn't say anything until the last line but he says i asked dad if he wanted to see some new year's resolutions i wrote he said he'd be glad to and he was pleased to see i was taking an interest in self-improvement i told him the resolutions weren't for me they were for him and, uh, and and then so that's like the opener and then he says that's why we're outside now and Hobbes says i wondered what the rush was calvin says i'm getting disillusioned with these new years they don't seem very new at all each new year is just like the old year here another year has gone by and everything is still the same there's still pollution and war and stupidity and greed things haven't changed i say what kind of future is this I thought things were supposed to improve. I thought the future was supposed to be better. And Hobbes says, the problem with the future is that it keeps turning into the present. And that was a strip from December 30th of 1990. That is the thing. I And we'll, we'll get to the, the movies. And I, I, I put it as the title. I will put it as the title. But today we're talking about Extraction. I, I saw Extraction on Netflix. But it's just fascinating to me when I read stories like this, old news articles, uh, old documentaries, and even old movies where they talk about things that are still happening. Greed, corruption, pollution, all of those things were a huge problem in the 90s. They're probably, they were a huge problem before that, and they're still a huge problem today. That's 30 years ago, and that's still happening. Things are still polluting. The environment is still dying. People are still being incredibly greedy. And um, it just, I don't know, it was an interesting thought, I thought, in terms of uh, the comic strip that the future keeps becoming the present i think for those of us who are a little more future focused like myself uh i i always and i guess you could call it bragged but uh, back when i had a facebook i uh, had my comment in the about me section i had quoted the um the line from issue i believe it's issue one of matt fractions invincible iron man where iron man says i'm i'm a futurist do you know what that means 
I uh, basically I am one. I like to think that I am one step, if not ten steps, ahead of everybody else. What people are thinking about in ten years, I'm trying to think about in one year. Uh, if you really want to mess with my head, make me wait for something to happen. And I think a lot of people have that nowadays. Of this, just oh, you know, the future is going to be better. The future is going to be better. And things are coming down the pike, they're going to happen, and uh, it's just going to be better. And then all of a sudden, it happens, and it's not better, and nothing has changed. That's why I think it's so important to focus on the present, because you can change, you can't change the future. The future's coming. I mean, you can do, you can prepare, you can do as much as you can to get yourself ready for that. That's what we're all supposed to do, right? That's how we were raised in this country was prepare for your future, go to school, get a degree, get a job, get into the workforce, and work, work, work and prepare for your future to have kids so that they can go to school and get a degree and get a job and work, 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 so we can keep this economy going. And throughout that whole time, I think people forget. They are so focused on what's coming that they aren't, they're forgetting about what's right here, what's right in front of them. So, you know, tell your loved ones you love them today. Obviously, you know, they're not, hopefully, they're not dying today, but tell them that. It's gonna make their day. Send somebody a letter. Send someone a card. Give a phone call to your parents and, and say, hey, how's it going? Or talk with someone about Avengers Endgame or about the future Marvel movies. It doesn't have to be that focused on the present, but just appreciate the things that are able to be appreciated right now. Yeah, you can't go out to eat, but you can still go order takeout or you can still make a meal at home. Yeah, you can't go to the movies, but you can still watch a movie in your house. You could still have a movie night with friends and family as long as it's you know under six people. I am not advocating for a group movie watch, though we can also do that, right? We can do that on Discord. Find a, a, a thing that works best for you. My family uses Xbox. We uh, get on Xbox chats and uh, just all watch a movie. We've been doing that literally for a decade since uh, Netflix had watch parties back in, uh, was that like mid, uh, well, like 2010? Those were the days. But uh, all I'm saying on this long, long rant is be okay. And be okay with now, be okay with later, just be okay with with uh, with everything. And I guess even saying that, because again, I'm talking out my butt, but um, you don't have to be okay with everything. But just, just understand that we're here, we're in this crazy, crazy time right now, and we will get through it. One way or another, we'll get through it change will happen and then there will be a new normal that we can all get used to and get back into the habit of until the next big thing shakes us up so with that said i will extract myself from this conversation and move into the main event which is talking about the movie extraction i do want to point out as well before we get started that my wife and i did finish kim kim's convenience a couple nights ago pretty good ending not as good as i thought it was going to be it definitely felt like the show got cut off versus ending on its own terms but i think they did the best they could with what they had which is you know kind of the message i've just been trying to preach right now is just do the best you can with what you have and then also for my birthday my wife and i watched captain marvel which was awesome i love that movie and i know a lot of you out there love that movie it was great beautiful i actually teared up multiple moments every time i watched that movie it seems like it gets better and better but we're here to talk about Extraction, the Chris Hemsworth movie on Netflix. Uh, I liked this movie. I watched it with my brother and my cousin and our other brother, uh, brother from another mother, Todd. And uh, we really liked it. I think we were laughing quite a bit. It's certainly not an Oscar winner. 
But in terms of Netflix movies, I saw someone say that it was like the first Netflix blockbuster or something like that. It's like, okay, all right, calm down. But it definitely felt like one. And there were multiple times in this movie when I was saying, man, I wish I could have seen this movie in theaters, to which my brother laughed because he was not a huge fan of the movie. But it really did. And it reminded me a lot of John Wick in regards to the amazing fight scenes. There's this one spot in the movie, where, and you don't, you almost don't realize it until it's happening, where uh, it's one single shot, like 1917, for all, a good amount of time, at least 10 minutes, maybe more. And uh, I was just blown away. Chris Hemsworth did such a good job. He was such a badass. Uh, I don't remember anyone else in the movie, and I don't think anyone else was actually known in the film. So, um, and we'll start there because there's some th- the things I want to talk about more with this film are the production aspect of it versus the actual movie. Uh, definitely check it out. Obviously, it's free on Netflix, but um, yeah, I'm looking at this list and I don't think so. But uh, the character Chris Hemsworth, he's Tyler Rake. His name is Tyler, and that was the biggest laugh that we had for our whole family was that. Uh, you can't be a giant, you know, action star and be named Tyler, but he is. So, you know, that's what we got to go with. But here, here's what I want to focus on a little more is the director was Sam Hargrave. And then the writers or writer is Joe Russo, the Russo brothers, and their production company, Agbo produced this movie. So you'd go, oh, you know, who, who's, uh, who's Sam Hargrave? Well, I'm about to tell you. Sam Hargrave is known for his work on Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, and Captain America Civil War. Well, who was he in those movies? Ah, and he was in the Avengers. He did stunts. He's a stunt coordinator and an act. He does action stuff. He, uh, I'm looking here. He's got 80 credits on IMDb for stunts. Avengers Endgame, Deadpool 2, Avengers Infinity War, Thor Ragnarok, uh, the Saint, Atomic Blonde, The Accountant, Suicide Squad, Captain America Civil War, The Brothers Grimsby, uh, uh, Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 2 and Part 1. I'm going down the line. Catching, He was all the Hunger Games movies. The Wolverine, he played Hugh Jackman. He was a stuntman for Hugh. Uh, that's crazy. And uh, he's in The Host, The Lone Ranger, Runner Runner, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, uh, Stunt Double, for steve rogers wow guys so yeah and i, and I kind of knew that but i was i was getting some confirmation here's what i'll say he looks like the uh the guy and oh man i wonder if he's he's not in any of these movies it's the guy that he kind of works with taika waititi he was in here we'll find it he was in yes man um but sam hart while we're doing this sam hardgrave is uh so he this was his first sort of big directing piece and rise darby Reese Darby maybe is um yeah Reese Darby he looks like Reese Darby uh from Flight of the Concords Yes Man What We Do in the Shadows but you've got a stunt guy just like David Leach who did um and I'm I really hope I'm saying that one right too but he did the John Wick movies um you've got these stunt coordinators who are directing movies that these action movies that are really really good action movies and uh they're really good because these guys know what it takes to make a good action scene um david leach produced john wick but he also directed atomic blonde and i'm pretty sure john wick 2 was um and and john wick 3 were uh, different yeah chad stalski who's also 
a he did the other two as well but yeah he was a stunt guy too and he looks like he was the second unit director on captain america civil war so it's just interesting to see the um the synergy between all of this stuff so yeah you could go look at this and go oh you know marvel's just putting out another movie my brother literally asked me in the film he had the audacity to ask me he goes alex because i was like man this action scene is just so good and he was like alex do you think that this movie is in the marvel universe and I was like, what? No, I just, I love movies. Like I like watching movies. I like getting excited about movies, but more so this does so, sort of feel like a Marvel offshoot. It's not a Marvel movie. It's not in the Marvel universe, but it was written by a director and directed by an actor who was in Captain America Civil War. And Chris Hemsworth is also in the Marvel movies as well. All of those people, Chris Hemsworth, Sam Hargrave, and Joe Russo, and to an extent, Anthony Russo, since he's part of Agbo, all of them did Avengers Infinity War. All of them did Avengers Endgame. So just to think about, yeah, okay, fine. You know, oh, we're making all the movies that we can. But can you imagine being on like the Infinity War set or whenever this happened and just the conversation of like, hey, like I've got Joe Russo being like, hey, Chris, I've got this, uh, I've got this script that I'm working on that's based on this graphic novel, Ciudad. You ever heard of it? And he's like, no, no, no. And then Sam Hardgrave shows up and he's like, yo, yeah, I've heard of it. That's like a really good graphic novel. Who knows if he actually said that. Like, oh, yeah, that's right, Sam. I remember talking with you about that. Man, you've been so good at the stunts in all these movies. You ever considered directing? Because we watched John Wick and that guy did stunts and those movies were insane. And I really think you could take this movie to the next level by incorporating a lot of the knowledge that you have on stunts into this film. And Sam's like, well, you know, I've been, I've all, I've always thought about directing a movie. And Chris Hemsworth's like, well, I love working with all of you guys. So let's do it. And then just like, can you imagine them being like, just for fun, we're going to make this movie? Cause it's not, it's not like there's a lot of depth to this movie. It's all about a, uh, Chris Hemsworth is a mercenary who lost his family and is trying to die, basically. He'll take any mission he can in the hopes of getting into some big old, you know, Western shootout where he dies in a blaze of glory. And it just doesn't happen because he's too dang powerful. Um, but they, they, he has to extract a kid who was kidnapped. And uh, that's all I'll say about the film. It's, it's, I don't want to spoil anything, but I'll tell you this much. There really aren't any spoilers. It's a very basic movie, but it's the action scenes that make this movie so good. And so just to think that all of these guys were chit-chatting at one point talking about this movie while they were making another cool action movie, uh, it's just really cool to see. And so I, I hope they make another one. I'm pretty sure I saw something about them confirming they're going to make another one, which I'm cool with as long as um, Chris Hemsworth is in it and, and uh, maybe they get someone else too who, who does it. But I thought he did a great job. He, he did a good job differentiating himself from Thor. Again, my brother was like, is he just playing Thor? I'm like, no, that's his accent. And he was like, so he wasn't doing a Thor accent in Thor. I'm like, he was, can you not tell the difference? Like there's, he clearly is Australian in this movie and he's sort of like less Australian in Thor. It's hard to explain, but you'll see, obviously, if you've seen Thor and then, and then see extraction, you'll notice the difference in his voice, but he does a really good job in some emotional scenes. He certainly, again, he's not trying to win an Oscar for this performance, but he's having a good time doing it and he's really chewing it up. So I would recommend checking it out, especially because this movie has blown up. Everyone seems to have seen it. So if you haven't, go ahead and jump on the bandwagon. And if you're wondering who Sam Hargrave is, but don't want to do the work, Sam Hargrave 
is in the movie. He plays the sniper with the big beard. And we actually had a good laugh in this one because when he comes in, his extraction team starts as like a group of five mercenaries and they are the classic mercenary tropes. So you've got Sam Hargrave as the, the grizzled bearded sniper and then Chris Hemsworth as the, you know, the rugged whatever main character. And then there was another guy who was like the bruiser. And it's like, okay, all right, we're, you know, it's a lot of, tr- it's very tropey, the movie. But that doesn't mean it's it's unenjoyable. It's definitely worth a watch, especially if you're looking for something to do while you have nothing to do because of the coronavirus. So that's my recommendation. I would check out Extraction just to see what all the fuss is about. But also to check out and see how you like Sam Hargrave as a director. Uh, and personally, I love him as a director. I want to see more of him, especially after that one take scene uh, and some of the other amazing action scenes. It was funny too, especially once you get to the first fight, the first big action sequence, uh, which is in the beginning, and it's it's ugh, it's so good. But it the, the movie just kicks into high gear. Getting to that scene, it's a little slow, but the minute that scene hit, everyone was like, oh, whoa, here we go, let's go! And so now, like, the fighting's starting, and things are just moving, and, and things are happening fast, and uh, I enjoyed it for that reason. So I would recommend Extraction uh, by Sam Hargrave on Netflix, uh, produced by Agbo. And uh, yeah, so like I said, that's the only new movie that I've seen within the since we last recorded this podcast. I did rewatch The Mandalorian. Uh, not Mandalorian, sorry. I've been watching the Mandalorian Star Wars gallery, and I, I just hit that now, and I was like, ah, Alex, we've got shoot, we've got a minute. I want to make this under 30 minutes. We'll see. Um, Dave Filoni is incredible, as are every single one of the directors that have directed the Mandalorian episodes. The first gallery episode about the directors was eye-opening, so I would really recommend checking that out. I think all of them brought their own twist to it. The second episode about Legacy was great because we get to hear Dave Filoni talk up the Phantom Menace, uh, which, again, is my favorite Star Wars movie, and so it j- I felt so validated when, uh, when he started talking about about what the duel of the fates means and so without spoiling too much about that um i'll just say go check that out it's on disney plus and also again check out the siege of mandalore the last four episodes of season seven of the clone wars so worth a watch but uh, i really hope dave filoni gets to do some more star wars stuff in the future and uh, that's where we're going to wrap this up so for comics and cinema i'm your host alex klein thanks so much for listening and i hope we'll see you at the movies question mark